What's up, y'all? Respect the Chat Podcast, episode 111. We are back. Your boy Mike is here, and you can see my main man, Ryan, is in the building. What's up, dude? Oh, yeah. Definitely, man. Like you said, never a dull moment, man, with the UFC fight that's on tonight, the um, Brooklyn um, Nets versus the Golden State Warriors game, Kevin Durant versus Steph Curry, Kevin Durant versus former team. Unbelievable. So much NFL news with J.J. Watt being released. Where is he going to go? It's just a power-packed week of sports, weekend of sports. So we had to bring y'all a respect the chat episode. So we are here, man. We are here. And I wanted to start off, man, a little NBA fantasy basketball, a great league that we're in with family and friends. Um, Competitive, man. Very competitive. We have what? 10 players. Um, I'm currently in fourth. Ryan is currently in eighth, but everybody's record is right there. So a win or a loss could jump a guy from like Ryan could go from eighth. We were just talking about this right before we started recording from eighth to like possibly fourth, you know, with, with one game of this weekend. So I wanted to ask you about that. How are you feeling about your team, the hardwood and um, what, where do you need to see your team go? You got to have a big win. So Boy. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And also LaMelo Ball, man, a guy that we traded, that I traded to you, man, he has been on fire. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, man. LaMelo Ball, just to give you guys a little fantasy points-wise, he's been 37, 23, 45, 33, 53. 25, 22, 44. That's big numbers for a rookie, man. Really big numbers. And then you, like you said, which I wanted to mention, this kid, Halliburton, man, I would love to have Halliburton on my squad at some point. You know, we can maybe discuss something, which I wanted to talk about in a second. Halliburton as well for for Sacramento, man. This guy with 19, he's a fan, he's a fan, um, Fan points, you know, like accumulated points between their points, rebounds, assists, whatnot, blocks, 19, 25, 21, 40, 33, 22, 20, 31. Like the guy is scoring, man. These are two really young guys um, who are on fire in the league. The league is in great hands. I wanted to ask you, what do you think your – because when I look at your team, you have like – there's some firepower here, man. You know, if you just look at Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, Trey Young, um, Ball – Halliburton um, and Christian Wood, who's not playing for you right now, but Christian Wood also, let's just include him. Um, those guys really stand out to me. And then you just got some really solid other guys in there too. You know, Kyle Anderson and Buddy Heald and Karis LeVert when he's going to get back and healthy. Um, Zeller, Cody Zeller has been playing really well for you as well. And so those guys in there, but what do you think you eventually need to do? What, while still keeping your core guys, you know, your Mitchell, your Mitchell Levine, Young, Ball, and those guys like that. How do you keep those guys? But just what do you think you need to add for your team to withstand like a long run and try to win, you know, this NBA fantasy basketball league? Mm-hmm. Now, when you say stars, is that do you what position do you say do you think you need to put that star at, or are you willing to put them at any position? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
cool. Um, I'll be in touch then because I, I just got some thoughts in my head and we'll, we'll, maybe we'll see. We'll never know. That's the best part about me and you whenever we talk about a trade. You, we, we can just throw them out there and kind of feel each other out, see what's up. We don't want to do it. We don't want to do it. But when you talk about Rich and Pat and shout out to the homies chat and for everybody that listens to us, we know you, you guys know we mention them all the time. These guys want everything for nothing, I want to say, but, you know, it's it's kind of like they think they value their guys so super high. And if anybody plays fantasy basketball or football, you know these guys you have in your league where their guys are like, no matter who they are, they're the they're the top they're the top tier guys and your guys that they're trying to get from you somehow they're downplaying them and downgrading them but yet they but yet they want them you know so it right so that's the thing it's like eh, I've been trying trades with Rich I've been I tried a couple of trades with Pat me and Pat actually did trade which which is a good trade and I got Deion, uh, DeAndre Ayton from that which is I'm, I'm very happy about. Um, I can't remember if I got somebody else. I, I think I might have, and I traded that player away, possibly. But neither here nor there. Um, I got Curry on my team, Stephen Curry. I got Kevin Durant. I got Dame Lillard. Those are my three guys that I want to keep no matter what, unless I just have another superstar that I like more and would trade. I don't know. But those are the three guys I want to keep and build around. Um, I have a lot of fill-in guys who I like. Um, who are consistent, and that's what I'm happy about. But then I got some guys who are filling guys who I'm not happy with and are not consistent. And those guys are like um, Alex Burks, who um, Al- I'm sorry, Alec Burks for the New York Knicks, um, Cam Johnson for the Phoenix Suns. Um, is there anybody else in there that I thought? And, and and that's really it, to be honest with you. So Burke Johnson. Um, those two guys, I'm like, ah, I'm not too sure about, but Gary Trent Jr. I like him a lot, especially with CJ McCollum out. He, he's, he wants to shoot all game. He wants to be a superstar of it. This guy is chasing. I feel like a big contract, whether it's with Portland or whether it's with somebody else, he wants to show, he wants to put on a show right now. It's his opportunity with McCollum out. He wants to take over. Love, love getting him. Um, DeMarcus Cousins for me is playing a lot better and a lot now more consistent with the numbers since Christian Wood has been out. Um, and, and that hurts me because I know it hurts you and I want to see Christian Wood there, but for what cousins is doing, man, the guy is just, he, another guy is willing to just go out and, and, and go, you know, full steam. So that's been great. Duncan Robinson has been good for me. Consistent. A guy like Duncan Robinson on your team is just a consistent guy who you got in there, who is, you know, going to put up numbers for you and do what he's supposed to do. You know, that's why, that's why I really like him, especially get threes. DeAndre Ayton is a guy who I like um, as at my center position, who I'm really, really am, am happy with, but willing to trade. Like that'd be a guy I'd be willing to trade. Um, Porzingis, another guy, like I really, really like, but I'd be willing to trade him, you know? And, and that's why I say it may make sense for me and you at some point here, because I would do like a one guy for that, for the two other guys. And then I could clear out some of these other guys that I possibly have on my team who aren't, you know, those fill in guys who I'm like, now I could part ways with them because I got better guys in a trade where those guys I'm keeping, I don't got to search waiver wires. Um, And then one other guy, two other guys who I'm very extremely happy with, uh, Darius Baisley from Oklahoma City, the second year guy, if anyone remembers him, he skipped 
college. He was supposed to go to Syracuse. He got took an internship with Puma and they paid him. It was a million dollar internship, but he just wanted to learn the business, learn that side of things and then move on with his, you know, NBA career because he just didn't feel like he needed to play college basketball. All the power to this guy, man, for the, for the, for taking that opportunity, learning about the business end and then jumping into a sport that he loves. And Anthony Edwards, man, started off on Pat's team. Pat, Pat didn't like him. Went to Rich's team. I couldn't believe when Rich dropped him. The number one pick in the draft to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this guy, man, holy cow. I I, I love him, man. He's a great fill-in guy that you know he's going to attack the hoop. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to grab rebounds. He's going to be all over the court. He's going to give you energy. He's going to get his. Him and Gary Trent Jr. like those guys that are going to get theirs. But I'm very, very happy with Anthony Edwards. Um, Nurkic, did I say that right? Nurkic still man on the IL right now, man. I'd love to have that guy back. Um, and I think they're saying it may be before all-star break. So fingers crossed there. And Aaron Gordon, who took a hit for me, um, he's going to be, I think till after the all-star break, I believe. But those are two guys who I'm excited to have on my team. Um, be willing to trade to somebody maybe at the top who's willing to wait for something. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So that's not, I don't really want to, I really want to keep both of those guys, but, and just wait on them. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but fantasy basketball has been awesome, man. Absolutely awesome. And, um, maybe me and you have a trade who knows at some point. Tonight. We got a lot of sports to watch. We can do a lot of talking. We'll see how it goes. Um, MVP race in the NBA. We, you made a little list before we got on. Let the people know who we think is on that list right now for early, early. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> no, I agree. I couldn't agree more with that list and that breakdown. Um, it was on point. Um, and I agree as well <clears throat> with you. I think Jokic is the man right now, man, who's leading the MVP race because the joke is no joke whatsoever. This guy is unbelievable, man. That's what I was looking at here, trying to pull up these guys' stats and what they're averaging for the year. Um, Joke got 20, is 26 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists for a man who's above seven feet, 26, 11, and eight, bro. Like, unbelievable what that guy does. He can play almost every position on the floor. He's holding it down for a team that needs more out of Jamal Murray. Come on, Jamal Murray. Like, we need you to step up another level here with that consistency. I think that's the key. Jamal Murray is at a has the skill and can do it, but is it every night? Is he every night coming out there and putting it on people the way Jokic is? Because if he does, I think the Denver Nuggets can be unstoppable. And then – so then at that point, you see how important Jokic is. And I think – that's the whole thing with the MVP with me is, like you said, most valuable player. And that's why KD, I think, is so important as well. Without him, even though Harden and Irving are there, there's no excuse for these losses that they're having in a row or or as many losses because you should be you're super talented you got to beat these certain teams you i'm not saying you can go you need to go undefeated or you need to go on an eight ten game win streak you know like the utah jazz you know there's a team out there doing it but you know you need to win game you can't lose multiple games in a row having having this roster, but that just goes to even more. KD goes out with a close contact COVID and this team goes downhill, man. You know what I'm saying? Real quick. You see how important this guy is. And in this game tonight, he's going to have his first game back. Oh my gosh. I think he's going to go nuts. I really do. I think he's going to go absolutely nuts tonight. So I like KD too. LeBron's playing some of the most minutes he's ever played in his career. I don't think he's taken one game off so far this year. I think he's played every one of them. He's averaging 25, seven rebounds and seven assists. He's the closest guy to Jokic to me. I think it goes Jokic and then LeBron in the MVP race right now. Um, I believe the Lakers are higher than, than Denver, obviously right in the standings. They're tied. Oh, okay. So, you know, right there, you know, you got Utah and LA and Denver right around in that area. Those three teams are playing unbelievable. So you got to have a guy like LeBron on, I think every year, because he kind of does this every year, but especially this year with not missing a game and what he does on that floor. Anthony Davis is unbelievable, man. He's, he's an everyday, every game consistent guy, superstar who brings it every night. And that's why the Lakers are in the position that they are. Um, but LeBron, uh, to me, is, is always going to be the main man no matter where he is. So I love what he's doing over there. Now, Steph Curry, man, a guy who's getting no help. 
and whose team doesn't look great at all, but yet is still bringing it with 30 points, five rebounds, and five assists. That's a very good stat line for a guy um, at his position, at a point guard, shooting guard position, you know? 30 is going to be up there in points, five rebounds, five and a half, almost six a game, and 5.9 assists, you know? So basically, he's 33, six, and six. You know, that's huge for a guy like that, man. And he has to work so hard to get his to get that, you know, get those rebounds, get those assists, and he needs to score 30 and above, you know, average that in order for this team to play well. So I think it's going to be a battle for him all year to try to get that MVP. Um, I think KD's disadvantages, he has Harden and Irving there, so he's going to have to give up some shots, but he has the ability, um, I mean, he has the advantage of, you know, him being the guy that clearly people see needs to be there. Um Joel Embiid, man, as much hate as we give, this guy is 29 points, 10 rebounds, almost 11, and two assists per game. So he's a double-double guy, you know what I'm saying, Joel Embiid. And Philly's been playing very, very well. Um, They're at the top of the East, and that helps as well. But I've said on many podcasts before, and I'm going to stick to it, I think Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber player. I think he's always in that conversation. But I don't know if he ends up with it because of – like for instance, this year LeBron can LeBron is better than him to me. If it was, if Joke wasn't in the conversation, if Jokic wasn't in the conversation, would you take LeBron or would you take Embiid? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to, to to me, so to me, it's like that's where that conversation keeps coming to my head. Is like I'm I feel like I'm always gonna find not an excuse, but yeah, an excuse to say, well, I think this other guy's playing a little bit better. And I really, it's not my it's not my hate for for the Sixers and for for all teams Philly. Shout out to all my Philly people out there. But it's you know it's just that LeBron's team is playing just as good as Philly is right now, um, and LeBron's numbers are better. So, you know, that's why I would put LeBron in second there. So if I had to put a tier, though, I would go Jokic, James. You know, I want to say, you know, Luka before Embiid. And I want to put – I didn't get a chance to pull up Luka's stats um, just to see where he's at. But um, Embiid is right, right there, man. This this player, this MVP race is so close. And like you said, Dame is in that conversation as well. So this is this is absolutely great, man. This is a treat a treat for us. Um, I know you said you didn't have any order, but if you would have to go at least one, two, and three, could you, could you come up with like a, just a, you know, a, a really quick list of, of the MVP race? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So, now I look, yeah, I, you know, I, I look at Luca's numbers and how do you not put him at three? You know, now that I look at it, 28 points, eight rebounds, nine assists. Oh my gosh. You know, so for at least it's me, it's, and, and I know Dallas's record isn't great. And that's just one, that was one of those teams we talked about, um, you know, last week or so with Porzingis. Isn't that guy bringing it every single night? He is, he is, but it, it's not, it's not backbreaking, you know, fantasy is one thing, but real basketball is another. It's not backbreaking for you to, 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 to let him get his, but Luca needs more, but Luca is a, a turning it up, man. For me, it's Jokic, LeBron and Luca with 28, eight and nine, man. What, what an MVP race. I'm so excited for it. 
We'll see how it does. I'd love to hear what Rich has to say. Rich couldn't make it tonight, Frankie, as well. We always invite Pat. You know, those guys always welcome on. Respect the chat, man. Always looking out for more people. And we want to try to get the champ on and Steve on playing this week, too. We're out in Pittsburgh living with you, so we got to we'll reach out to them. But listen, this is the two-man duo. Right? This is like Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, LeBron and Shaq, um, Stockton, LeBron and Shaq. LeBron and Shaq did play with each other, but that was in that was in Cleveland, right? Nobody the Shaq at that point wasn't wasn't Shaq. Um, <laughs> Shaq and Kobe, man, you know this is the this is like Stockton Hornacek. If you want to go, if you want to go with a little assist action there, that's what we do over here. Respect the chat, man. So we're just trying to bring y'all episodes, new fresh stuff of fantasy basketball, um, regular basketball talk and MVP. And let me ask you about the game tonight: Brooklyn versus Golden State. What do you see tonight? Do you think it's an explosion of a game by two superstars? How, how do you think this one goes? Yes. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Shout out to your boy Richard. You know he's gonna be if he's listening. He's happy what you just said, um, but he's not happy if the Warriors completely take over, man. And I, I think the Warriors put up a really good game because I think they, well, at least Steph and Draymond played with Kevin Durant, um, with teammates of his, won championships with him. Didn't want to see him go, but KD left, and this is the first time they're playing against each other um, with with KD being out all of last year. And I think this is going to be a time for Steph to show up as well. I think he's going to have a really big game too. He's going to take a bunch of shots, score a bunch of points, but I couldn't agree more. I would take Brooklyn with the spread. I would take uh, Durant in the over points. I would even take Durant and probably over assists. I think he may have a triple double tonight, whatever his assists may be. I'm not quite sure if they even are. Maybe probably, we, I don't even know what they may be around for. I was going to say, Let's yeah, he's gonna get ten. He's gonna go off tonight. I think he's have has a huge game. Brooklyn wins. He shows everybody what's up, and um, we get to enjoy an awesome, awesome game. Before this is this works out perfect for me. And we talked about this a while ago with you know with the pandemic, we were able to watch all the prelims and get really pumped for the prelims and you know in the UFC and watch all those and go right into the main card, which is a huge pay per view fight on tonight but with this game starting at 8 30 and being done probably about 10 30 boom that puts you right that puts you right for the main card ready to go so this um sports is back and this is a huge huge appetizer that we're gonna have here for the main dish which i want to talk about here of ufc 258 oh my gosh great fight kamaro usman who's the uh, welterweight champion versus Gilbert Burns, his ex-teammate. That's the sell here. Teammate versus teammate. 
battling each other for the belt. What do you see? How do you see it, you know, it going? I guess there's just so many scenarios in my head of how this can go. Mm. I agree, man. Um, Kamar Usman is, has been the champ um, and held it down, you know, for a little while now. And more impressive is his seven years. He had in, in seven years, he has not lost a fight. Unbelievable. Um, he could, I believe either tie or break George St. Pierre's, consecutive fight streak record, um, which is like 13 fights in a row, 13 wins in a row. Crazy. Um, unbelievable. And then you have Gilbert Burns, who's also undefeated in this division, who knows Kamaru really well, um, trained with him for years at Hard Knocks 365 under Henry Hoof. And now, you know, they separated. And now Kamaru is with Trevor Whitman in Colorado, who's Justin Gaethje's coach. To have Trevor Whitman being your striking coach, you know, for a full camp, because he was also a striking coach against uh, Masvidal, but it was such a such a short notice switch of um, of um, the guys he was going to fight op opponents. There we go. Um, that I didn't feel like he, you know, it was a short. It was a short camp for that. It, they weren't ready to stand and bang, so he went to his wrestling and he won the fight. And okay, great. But I think this is the first fight now where he's going to show the Trevor Whitman uh, full camp striking. And it could be really, really good because I thought he was a pretty good striker already. Great wrestler. And now he's going to stand and he's going to throw strikes that are precise and that are powerful and that can come in bunches and great combinations. And that's what I mean by bunches. He's not he doesn't throw a ton, a ton of like volume, but he throws a lot of good combos. Kamaru Usman. Um, but then you got Gilbert Burns, who I agree with you. This is that, you know, grappler versus grappler, wrestler versus jujitsu guy. 
who are going to battle each other the way that Covington and, and Usman did. It was a wrestler wrestler who stood the whole time. And, and, and it was one of the greatest fights I ever seen in my life. I heard uh, Dana White talk about this just the other day that he thought that fight was probably one of the greatest fights he's ever seen uh, Un unbelievable, unreal. So I think you got it again. You got two guys who like to grapple, but they're going to stand, I think. And this could be a classic, classic fight. Um, something even though with all that i said about kamaro and, and the training camp and everything i just think burns has the power that it if he hits him he could put him out um and he could really damage him it's gonna take a lot does the moment get to burns that's what makes me a little nervous here if i were to pick burns is the moment can the moment be too big for gilbert burns so my heart is telling me take Gilbert Burns, but from the last card, my heart said take Gilbert Burns, and I was I would lost on all three fights. So I, I don't know who I would bet on. You know, I um one of my friends hit me up like, yo, you want to get in on this bet with us for Gilbert Burns? You know, putting up a little bit of money to you know have a have a good payout, uh, and I, and I really do like it, but there's just something about it that says Kamaru isn't a with a different coach, has something to prove, is really skilled. You know, I see guys he's fought like um, Masvidal. I think Masvidal hits hard. Um, but, you know, then you got Covington, who's a volume guy. Not, not a heavy, heavy-handed guy, but a volume guy. Tyron Woodley, heavy-handed, but never got one, you know, strike off like that. So that's maybe one guy heavy-handed he fought. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, you know, medium. I wouldn't say he's a knockout guy, but he, he's a guy, you know, you know, that could could throw hands, but ain't knocking nobody out that I've seen. Um, Damian Maya, you know, then you got just some other guys in there that, that he's fought that, you know, I don't think he's been hit as hard yet. Like the way Gilbert Burns can hit him. I don't know who I want to pick. I don't know. Maybe by the end of this episode, I'll pick somebody quick, but you're going with who Burns, you said? Usman. Okay. I see, bro. That's that. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> but you would, you would agree it's going to be a stand up, right? With two guys who you, you know, 
I, I like Usman being able to take Burns down. Um, I like, I also like um, Usman's takedown defense, but I also like that if it does go to the ground, I think Burns can submit him. So I think they're both going to stay away from that and they're going to go to, you know, equaling it out and that's standing and banging and, and who could do that. And if it goes three rounds, four rounds, Kamaru has the tank, man. He's proven that he only gets, you know, better as the fight goes on. Can Burns get him early? Does Burns, does Burns take him? I, I think that's the thing too. So you watch Dustin Poirier versus Connor and you say, what's going to happen in this fight? You don't think the leg kicks are going to happen, but but if you're a guy in these in these fighters' positions, if you're the, the fighter, you're saying to yourself, what do I need to bring to this fight is that's that kind of X factor that could be to my advantage, could then, then I could do my thing. Like Dustin hit the leg, hit the leg, and then he went back to his striking, which he's great at, and finished him. But so uh, does Burns go for a takedown and try to bring him to the ground and try to like strangle him? Because he could do that if he brings him down there. Or do you think they just stand and bang? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And that, what's the X factor going to be? I don't know, it, but it's going to be some, it may be something somewhere along these lines. Um, Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso. I believe her name is Macy Barber coming off a torn ACL a year ago, just about a year ago. Um, I like Macy Barber though, man. She can, she can throw hands. She could fight. She's a scrapper. Um, I definitely like her as well. And Calvin Gastelone fights Ian Heinich. Hainich. I'm not quite sure if I'm even saying that correctly, but um, I like Gastelone on this card, making a comeback, showing what he's about. He's a really talented fighter. He's really, um, he's got a tank to him as well. He could strike, he could wrestle, he could do, he could do everything. He's a great all around fighter, Kelvin Gastelum. So I'm happy to see him on this card as well. But um, what do you think about those two fights, the Macy Barber and the Kelvin Gastelum? Mm -hmm. I want to say it's like January 2020. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah i think by jack hermanson right was that by jack yeah mm -hmm. 
against Till. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Is it is this d- is this Diego Lima versus Bilal Muhammad fight? Is that on the prelims? I can't find the, what the prelim. Second to last. Yeah, bro, that's a fight, man. Oh, my gosh. Um, Muhammad versus Lima. I really, really like that fight a lot. Um, very interested in it. Definitely going to tune into that. Um Muhammad is is a guy who really is talented, very good striker, um, pretty good grappler. So it's a decent all-around guy you're getting again against Lima, who's got a lot of skill. Um, his brother fights in Bellator. He's been a champ for a while. I don't know if he is anymore, but so he has that lineage. You know, he has those training partners to just get better. Um, I Something makes me want to go Muhammad in that in this fight, but I just think Lima. This might be his his you know step out. Here I am, and now I go on a little bit of a run here. So um, I really like those fights. Um, get get. I really I just really like that. I really like that fight as well. Yeah yeah. Wow. Whoa. I do, man. And and I, I've seen this before where it's like the guy is so heavily um favorite and I like him. I like Muhammad. That's the guy I really like a lot. Um, but then I say to myself, Okay, so let me bet on it. So I, I I put it on, and then the other guy pieces him up and comes out, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this guy's good too. I just went on like my heart, you know. I wanted to pick with my because I like Muhammad. I like what he does. He should win the fight. Muhammad should win the fight, but I just don't think he's gonna. I think Lima's length is gonna be a problem for him, and I think Lima throws big shots, and he really does put one on him because I seen Muhammad take a lot of shots as well. And if, if Lima could put one on him accurate enough and he has the power to do it, I like Lima and that one, especially with, you know, with the, with the, the bet in our favor, you know? True. True. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yes. We'll talk after this. We'll text each other and then we'll put it on the IG for the people to uh, to check out. Um, great fight in the UFC. We talked about hoops. Going to go into a little bit of NFL. Big, humongous, best, craziest game of the year. Obviously, it was last week in the, um, in the Super Bowl. The Buccaneers win. Tom Brady gets his seventh chip. You hear all week, you know, Everyone heard the new, you know, you could listen to any sports network and they gave you every single story that there is. But the story that I want to ask you is, does this team, does the Buccaneers, do they make another run? Can they go back to back? Now, I, I sent um, just in our chat about the guys who are, who could be gone. Chris Godwin, um, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Ndamukong Sue, Leonard Fournette. Antonio Brown and Gronkowski. Those guys are not under contract next year um, or have a, you know, an option that the team doesn't pick up. They could go and explore somewhere else. So uh, those are key guys. I think um, those, especially, I think for my opinion, Barrett and, and David, um, I really think that at the linebacker and the DN spot or the outside linebacker, whatever Shaq plays, unbelievable those guys had year end playoff run and super bowl so those are the two very important guys to me if they lose godwin and i think they sign antonio brown brown mike evans scotty miller could definitely be a really nice still receiving core for tom brady to work with i love bringing gronkowski back oj howard will be back next year as well i like that so i think they can lose godwin and still be successful um, and I think playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette, though he had a great playoff run and great Super Bowl. Um, think it was a guy who could have won the MVP if Tom didn't. Um, I think they can replace him. And I think this replacement is really there in Ronald Jones, who's super, super talented. And I think there's going to be other guys who want to come play there possibly and take less money, you know, to, to run one back with this squad. So what do you think? They think they could run one back. And if they do, who do they need to bring back or go get? Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think you made up a brought up a really big point in the coaching staff. Todd Bowles did an amazing job with the defense, and Byron Leftwich did an amazing job with the offense. Um, the secondary is young, um, and and obviously so is you know Devin White. I mean, this guy can be Defensive Player of the Year next year. He's a superstar, um, and if they could bring back Bowles and they can keep. Byron Leftwich for at least another year before those guys deservingly so may get a head coaching job somewhere, um, especially if they go back to back. But I think they can get one now. Both of those guys deserve this. Um, man, that coaching staff, those guys, maybe attract one or two free agents, see what they do in the draft, but mostly in free agency because um, they may free up some money here. Um, maybe the Namakin Sue takes a, takes a discount, a veteran discount and comes back and they could plug that guy right back in there on that defensive line. Maybe David's a young guy. So Levante David, I don't know. Um, Levante David, is it Vante David or Levante David? Levante David. Okay. He, um, him coming back would be all oh, amazing for that linebacker and core with him and whites, but he may get paid somewhere, man. And, and, you know, rightfully so. And then Godwin, I think, you know, going to get that money too. I think those two guys, I would want to, like you said, too, emphasis on the defense, keep David, let Godwin walk. Um, and maybe, maybe bring in a guy who I want to jump to this point is maybe bring in JJ Watt. Maybe JJ Watt wants to play there. Maybe you can give Shaq Barrett, let Shaq Barrett walk, because he's going to demand a lot of money, Shaq Barrett. Um, and you bring a guy in JJ Watt and say, JJ, late in your career, you still have all the skills. Come play with Tampa, Tom Brady. He wants to win his eighth. You win your first. I like that for a guy in J.J. Watt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mentioned J.J. Watt, and I think he'd be great there, but I know for a fact that you want to see him in the black and yellow in Pittsburgh with his brother, um, TJ. So what do you think about that? The chances are of that JJ going there. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The blue-collar defense, the city that Pittsburgh is, um, that we both love, um, is it would be a great spot with the family dynamic as well. I just see him fitting in there great. Um, so I really like that one. He's been connected to the Packers as well because he's a Wisconsin guy um, and a couple other teams you know, sprinkled in there. But I think Pittsburgh has the lead, if you ask me. Um, Who has the better defense? If J.J. Watt goes to Pittsburgh or J.J. Watt goes to the Buccaneers, who has the better defense? What J.J. Watt? If J.J. Watt goes to Pittsburgh, is Pittsburgh – would Pittsburgh be a better defense than if J.J. Watt – like for J.J. Watt, where where would he, you know, have a better defense built around him, Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay? It's probably a better way to say it. Try try, try, Try to leave your bias out. You know, right, which is hard, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, I want to see him in Pittsburgh. So that's what my vote is for him. Um, but in order for that to happen, which is another one of my questions here, your boy, Big Ben's got to take a cut, got to take some type of pay cut because he's at the highest cap hit in the NFL. I believe he's going to make 41.3 next year. So in order to get anybody, especially a guy like JJ Watt, Ben has to take less money. Is Ben your quarterback next year in Pittsburgh? And if he is, obviously he needs to take less money. Um, so how much less does he take though? And is he your quarterback? Do you want him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
<laughs> you want the two you want the two texan boys over there now yeah i don't blame you i don't blame you Yeah, I think he's going to take the pay cut, too. I think he's going to take the cut and help the team. I think Ben is a guy who wants to retire a Pittsburgh Steeler, and I, I would like to see him do that, and rightfully so. I think he's earned that. So I think he makes one more run here. Um, I think help taking the pay cut will help getting J.J. Watt there, maybe sign um, another defender. I don't know if they're going to be able to afford um, Bud Dupree, but maybe they can if he takes a big pay cut, Ben. I don't know. Maybe Bud takes – you know, a one year or they could franchise tag him or something like that. I don't know, but I think they need to bring guys like that back. Um, I'm rooting for Big Ben for one more year and making a one more run in Pittsburgh and then seeing how it goes from there. Um, quarterback carousel, man, is, is, is spinning. You know, you got Ben, you know, possibly on the move. Um, but then you got guys like Carson Wentz, his name is out there. Sam Donald's name is still out there. Um, these two guys that I'm going to mention now, Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson, um, I don't understand why their names are out there. Maybe you could help me figure that out a little bit more. But I know this, at least from Russell Wilson, him coming out and just saying, you know, like, I, you know, I, I need help. You know, like, I can't keep getting sacked 394 times in nine seasons, the most sacked. It's crazy. You know, he 
is up there in all those categories, like either most or second most in, in like scrambles out of the pocket and sacks that he's taken and, and all this stuff and hits, man. It's just like, you can't do that for in that, you know, nine seasons and more and expect to have a career after football or to at least have a long career while you're playing. You think there's anything to the Russell Wilson talks? You think he ends, stays up in, in Seattle or does he possibly move on? Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm oh. Mhm. Mm yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I don't think he leaves Seattle. I think Seattle gets him the help he needs. Seattle be crazy to not get the help. Because if they don't, I think then by next year, maybe he says in the same thing as Watson, like, okay, what am I doing here in my career? I'm not just going to take hit after hit, year after year, and loss after loss. I want to make a run. I want my career to be something I can't while I'm taking all these sacks. And now this, this, you know, this team doesn't want to help me out by getting anybody. So this is the year right now. Seattle, figure it out. Get him the guys he needs, especially on the offensive line. Figure out that defense a little bit better, but focus on that old line. If not, this guy's out. That's And it's a warning shot. I think that's what this is. There's a warning shot from Russell Wilson to the Seahawks, like do something or I'm out of here. And I will make, I will push my hand and I will make this happen and people will come after me. Um, so figure it out, Seattle. Now, I think in Dak's situation, at least for me, this hype video comes out. I don't know if you've seen it or heard about it, but it's like, why are all these other guys in it? But your main guy, your core, first of all, your quarterback, forget about who he is, but your, your quarterback needs to be in it. But not only is he your quarterback, he is your franchise guy. We have learned that. You talked about it on the last episode. Dak is the guy, bro. He's the guy that needs to be highlighted. He needs to be paid. It needs to happen. But why? Why leave him out of the hype video? 
the, the guy who put it together was is he not a, is he not is he been hiding under a rock for ten years? Does he not realize that Dak Prescott is the quarterback for the Cowboys, or if the Cowboys even have a quarterback? That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Whoever whoever made that video, right? He then or she, whoever handed it off to the next person in charge, whoever he or she is, the next person says, "Whoa, wait a second. G great video except you left out. You left out number four, who happens to be Dak Prescott, who happens to be the best player on the team, the quarterback, the main guy. Like, and it's even heightened even more. So that's why I think there's more emphasis on it. If you're gonna come out with a video, and it's this year, the year where Dak is supposed to be paid, just like last year. But again, that's the one story. Is he gonna get paid? Another story. All these stories swirling around his contract. You don't put him in. It makes it look suspect you know say like say they did it with ben like it's like he's on the brink of like whatever it is pittsburgh comes out with a hype video no ben in it it's like well wait a second what are you trying to say here you know yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It's. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. It makes no sense. It would be like if we made a hype video for respect to chat and I was in it and you were in it and Frankie was in it and we were like, we just, just, just rich, leave rich out, leave all Rich's hilarious puns, things he does and says. And like, this is, a, this, <laughs> this is a team, man. This, this is the crew here. Like, how do you leave your, you know, we don't have a main guy, but like, how do you leave one of your guys out? You know, it doesn't even, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying this across all, it just highlighted more because of the situation, the guy, but like, 
you know, I don't, if, um, I'm trying to think of like a, another team where it's like this guy's on the squad, like, like the giants, you know, and they leave out Saquon Barkley. Like, why would you ever do, why would you hand in a highlight video and there's no Barkley in it? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. Even if the right, right. Even if the guy's under contract and you know he's coming back, but you leave out the main guy, it's like, what are you doing? Who who made this? And if they, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, it's crazy. And I thought it was just a wild thing to talk about. And talk about these two guys, then we'll wrap up the episode. Carson Wentz saying he wants out, kind of in a way, sort of Philly, um, but Philly doesn't really necessarily want to let him go. It seems like. But um, the Colts and the Bears seem like two suitors for him where I think he can end up and either play with Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, or Frank Reich, the coach, the coach of the Colts, and be very successful. I like him in both those places a lot. Um, maybe even staying in the division and going to Washington and playing against his old, you know, playing against Philly a couple times of the year just to get back at them a little bit, but playing with Ron Rivera, who's done – amazing things with um less talented quarterbacks um the bears need a lifeline and i think Nagy could do really good things um with carson wentz i think the colts man they proved frank wright proved even with a like we talked about before philip rivers at his age what they did with him i think him playing going back with a you know i believe like a former coach i believe frank wright was a coach under um uh What's his name over there? Who just got released by the by Philly uh, Peterson, Doug Peterson? I believe Frank Reich was over there at some point with those guys, um, and he goes there. What do you think, Carson Wentz? What does he do? Stay in Philly or move on? Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. Um, Frankie, by the way, just said he, that he's good for nine o'clock in the homies chat for war for war zone. Now, um, I want y'all to let the people know how they could follow you on on Twitch because I think that's something that you know we got fans out there. You know, they love or respect the chat, but you know, you got try to support us in everything we do as well as we like to support others. You know, but what what do we gotta what do we gotta do to get people on there? Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, without a doubt, man. And when you're on your run and when you're driving in your car and your commute or whatever you may be doing um, while, you know, like my wife watches like uh, uh, CSI and NCIS and all these other stuff. Sometimes I'm there, you know, I'm watching it, but I got one of my AirPods in and I'm listening. I'm listening to the Respect to Chat podcast or, or I'm listening to First Take or Undisputed or Get Up, or, you know, and or all these, you know. Ariel, Hawani, and DC, you know, their podcast. I'm trying to listen to as many of these podcasts I know everybody's really listening to nowadays. So just, you know, check us out and support us if you could. And that's one of the things too, man. If you listen and you probably hear a lot of things that Rich doesn't, is not the only guy that messes up too. So I want to try to clear the air on this one. Facil facilitate. Is the, is, the, is the right way to use the word, right? Facilitate. Yes. You're not felicitating. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Shout out to Rich. Hopefully we bring Frankie out of retirement at some point. Maybe we get Pat in. We're going to try to get more people in. I'd love to do the live stream and get the questions up. That would be awesome. We're going to strive for that as well. Um, respect the chat. Thank you everybody out there for supporting us. We'll get this episode out to you ASAP. So you'll be hearing it. And we'll be consistent. Me and Ryan definitely will be. Rich will be as well. Rich is just going through, you know, a little a little thing right now. But he'll will be he will be back. Shout out to Rich. Shout out to my family out there in um, Digmans and everybody we love out here. Ryan may be home soon by us in a little bit. So you know that that's gonna be awesome as well. Um, love you guys, man. RDC episode one eleven. We out.